Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you, and enjoy. All right, well, in today's feast day, we have the feast day of all saints. So throughout the calendar year as Catholics, we honor saints on different days, right? So the beginning of October, we have the biggies, right? St. Teresa, the little child, or the little flower, the face of Jesus, Therese, as she's known, all right? People do novenas to her, and a lot of times, at the end of the novena, you get a rose, let you know she listened to your prayer, all right? Increase people's faith, powerhouse. On October 4th, possibly the most famous saint in the 2,000-year tradition, St. Francis of Assisi, all right? Great one, right? He wasn't just, like, talking to animals all the time, by the way, all right? He was fiercely preacher. He would go into towns, and he would let people know sins of their day, But because he had tears in his eyes and his heart felt so aglow with the love of Jesus, people were pierced deep by the beauty of his own flesh, the way he lived. And they said, I don't want to justify anymore. I need to repent. And people started following him. It was remarkable, right? France of Assisi. So throughout the year, whoever your favorite saint is, there's a day designated. But today the church says, there have been so many men and women who have received Jesus into their everything, that they begin to shine with the divine love, that we can't give a whole calendar to them. There's more than 365. And so this is the day where we just recall all of them. And in fact, it comes from the Scriptures itself. The last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, okay, Or if you have an old Bible, like your grandparents' Bible, it's sometimes called the book of the apocalypse. Ooh, I know, right? But all apocalypse means is unveiling. We like to think of it as violence and all sort of crazy movies. But the the word in Greek just means to unveil. Well, what's veiled? Eternal life, the afterlife. What's it like? Well, this book unveils it for us. This is what it's like behind there, right? Maybe not as exciting as the violent movies, but it's true, so it's very exciting, right? And what do we see? Well, this is kind of at, like what I want to preach about today. What is on my heart is what we see in eternal life. When someone says, are you excited to be in heaven forever? You and I are always like, eh, yeah. Right? Because anything I tell you about heaven eventually sounds boring. All right? Even if you love, let's say, I don't know, golf. All right, I don't love golf. I don't have the patience. But some of you love golf because everyone here when I got here said, Father, do you golf? No. I'll drive the golf cart for you, though. I like that. Even if you think of heaven as just the most amazing golf game ever, really, do you really want to play golf every moment of every day for all of eternity? Eventually, you're like, nah, nah there's got to be something else. All right, we can't conceive of it. But most people, when they think of heaven... Most people, when they think of the glory and ecstasy of it, it's kind of narrow. It's kind of one-dimensional. And this is what I mean. We tend to think that we get to hang out with God for all eternity. And that's true. And that's amazing. God, after all. And so we get to hang out with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The eternal joy and bliss, mystics and saints say, there's not even an earthly pleasure or joy that even gets close to how mind-blowing the Trinity is, we get to spend all of eternity with the Trinity. Now that's great, but we also get to spend all of eternity 
with the communion of saints. So often we kind of tack that on at the end. Like we think of heaven maybe like a movie theater. Right? And there's like St. Francis of Assisi over here and Mother Teresa over here. right? And the apostles, well, they probably have front row seats. Right? And we're all just like sitting watching the same screen and it's God just doing cool stuff. And we think, all right, well, at least I'm in the right group. This is great. At least I didn't go to the alternative. But like, do you realize how beautiful the communion of saints is? So, in the biblical terms, there's a word we need to unpack. It's called knowledge. I know, Father, I read books. Okay, good. No. But in the biblical world, knowledge is to know someone is to have intimacy. And intimacy means into me see. So when the Blessed Mother is approached by the angel and says, you're going to bear a child, she goes, I don't know a man yet. Meaning, I don't have the kind of intimacy with a man that would lead to a child. But it's, it's even deeper than the physical. It's the heart-to-heart. The closest we get on this side of the kingdom to this kind of knowledge is really beautiful marriage where spouses know each other. There's a married man who does a lot of writing and I read his stuff quite a bit. He says one of his favorite things about being married to his wife after all these years is that she can finish his sentences. She said, he, he said, she knows me so deeply from the inside out. She knows what I'm going to say. She knows what I'm thinking. And this kind of intimacy is only the fruit of day in and day out struggles of being vulnerable and sharing when we want to hide and wall off. So that kind of intimacy, that kind of knowledge is a little taste of what the communion of saints is. Right. Do you know St. Padre Pio? Ever heard of him? All right. He bilocated. What does that mean? Good question. It means he's right here in Brecksville preaching to you. Imagine I'm him. And he's also in Germany giving out food to the homeless at the same time. That's one of the miracles that are attributed to him. Several encounters like this. Right? He had, quite literally, he prayed so often and contemplated, Jesus transformed his flesh so he had the stigmata in his hands. He could read your soul when you went to confession to him. Depending where you are, that's either good news or bad news. He cast out demons. He was incredibly kind. A man of prayer and penance. You get to know him. Do you understand what I mean? Like, remember the marriage analogy? You get to know him. You get to know him from the inside out. His whole story will be open to you. It's like having a cup of coffee with like the person you've always wanted to spend time with. Like up until about the age of 25, my dream was to host the Academy Awards, okay? Billy Crystal was a, I was a big fan. Anyways, but like I wanted to be around these celebrities that I looked up to as a kid. Oh my gosh, part of the ecstasy of heaven is not just God, but that we get to know and be known by saints. 
It's part of their joy. Like, I hope all of you have a friend or a family member you just think is awesome. Like, like not just good at telling stories. I have family members, Eddie, Betty, and Freddie Farkas. Not very creative family, but that's who we are, okay? Freddie is the greatest storyteller in the world. And he's had a really hard life. And so, you know, he might not be what we would call a saint, but I pray with mercy and grace he'll get there. But one of the reasons is because I want you to know him. I want you to know what his heart is like. So heaven is not just you and God, just like, you're really great. And he goes, I'm so glad you made it here. Thank you so much. No, you're welcome. No, you're welcome. In fact, it's also the communion of saints. But this shouldn't surprise us. If the book of Revelations reveals this, let's go back to the book of Genesis. Adam was alone in paradise with God. And what did God say? It is not good that man should be alone. So creation was incomplete. A me and God kind of world is an incomplete world. What does he do? He sends him Eve. right? He peoples him. This isn't just about an earthly spouse, but another person he can live and share his life with. He learns to grow in love. And so paradise was not just God and Adam. It was God and Adam and Eve. God's love for Adam included Eve. When Jesus teaches the apostles, they say, what is the greatest commandment? This is a few weeks ago in the gospel. Jesus says, love God with all your heart, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. It's not just little spirituality stuff we're doing here. God's got a bigger plan. It's God and everybody. It's not just me and God, nor is it no God and me just being a good humanitarian. The Bible is both and. It's all of it. God's love for you includes all of the friends in your life that help you know you're loved, you're good, you're called to greatness, you will not be condemned or abandoned if you make mistakes, and you will always be told the truth. Friends like that are part of God's love for you. This is why if you've ever had a friend move away or someone die, it is heart-wrenchingly painful. Why? Because our hearts, more than our minds, know we are meant for the world where friendships don't end. When we celebrate All Saints Day today, we're celebrating like men and women who did it. They said yes they didn't hide. They didn't pretend. They opened their stuff up to Jesus day in and day out and said, Lord, would you come and rescue me? I don't want to pretend. I want you to transform me. And he didn't put them alone in a room. He drew other men and women around them. And they became holy in this world and saints in the communion of saints. When we venerate the saints, and here's my last point in case you wonder, is this ever going to end? It, when, we, when we venerate the communion of saints, several things should happen. Or we're at least invited to feel certain things. Oh, longing. I hope you long 
to join them, to know them. I can't wait. Now, it will be healed in heaven, I hope, but maybe not. I want to see Mother Teresa's gnarly little toes in person. Like, you ever seen a wrinkled face? I mean, all because she loved so generously. And I want to know her. I want to talk to Peter and be like, Peter, you're constantly getting it wrong in the gospel. How'd you get it right towards the end? What? I'm going to know. He won't even have to use words because we will be one. We will be a part of that great communion. So the first thing is, I hope you long for that. Second thing is, we're meant to be aware. Whoa, are we not ready? The only men and women who don't go to hell are those who are saints. How about that for first snow on November 1st, huh? The only men and women that don't go to hell are saints. Everyone else is either in purgatory on their way to become a saint or already a saint and with God. That's, that's it. That's, that's what the Bible reveals. That's what the church has taught for 2,000 years. And if you go, I can say this, oh crap, you're welcome. You're being given time. Like part of the Lord's mercy is, hey, we got time to say, Lord, have mercy. We got time to get to the confessional. We got time to read a book on a life of a saint and grow. We have time to participate in the sacraments so that Jesus transforming the body and the bread and wine into his body and blood can transform those who receive it into himself. We got time to learn how to pray. We got time to learn how to forgive our enemies. But that's it. Those are the same. Beautiful, glorious. I get to be a part of that. But the road there is hard. That's what makes it awesome. All right. LeBron James didn't become excellent at basketball because he woke up and said, all right, I'm going to be excellent. He practiced a lot. All right, a lot. And so we have traditionally what it's called the practices of our faith. And you're here today to be renewed in the biblical worldview and then nourished by Jesus so that you, like that great song, Say, come when the saints go marching in, you can join in that number. But the truth is, we don't even know how to sing. And they're singing a glorious song. And so we need to learn every day and get tweaked and adjusted by God so that we can know and be known, yes, by the glory of God, but also by all the angels and saints. And I promise you, right now, if you could see it in this church, saints are rooting each one of you on by name. They're saying, no, don't dismiss it. You can do it. We want you here. We believe in you. And they are rooting for you. And they've seen everything you've done because they share in the vision of God. And they say, it doesn't define you. You're capable of greatness. Don't give up. They are rooting for you. And so we take a moment of silence to thank God for the revelation of the communion of saints. And we ask all of heaven to awaken our hearts to join them one day. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church, Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.